This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. The last few segments, we have been talking about living leadership legacy, and we've been talking about the five-part process. So far, we have covered leveraging marketplace ministry, liberate clarity, and link priorities. Today, I'm going to give a brief outline of the last two pieces, which are lift culture and lead succession. When I'm working in organizations, this is where I really spend a huge amount of time in terms of what gets done that's different at the organizational level. I'm always spending a lot of time with the executive, him or herself, because there's various conversations that must be had all along the way. And so my role is to be a trusted advisor to that executive as we implement all of this work in the categories of lift culture and lead succession. So in lift culture, we're really talking about corporate values and clarifying what those are. And sometimes corporations think that they've clarified their values or that everybody knows what they are. And very frequently, people have no idea in the company what the values are. And once they're very clear about that and say, this is where we wanna be, this is how we wanna go forward, It's all about reinforcing those corporate values. And so I ask my executives to be on the lookout for stories, real life stories, events, circumstances in the business that illustrate and demonstrate the culture that they want to reinforce because culture has to be reinforced if you want to keep it, if you want to continue it. And it's through those stories and being able to retell the stories back to the organization and to lift those stories up as examples, that's what makes the real big difference. Also, the executive and the other leaders in the organization want to spend time providing feedback and coaching to individuals and also to teams that are in sync and in line with the corporate culture and values. And corporate culture is simply how do we do things around here? What are our values? What are our working ethics and ethos, if you will? The bottom line is that when you lift culture, you also enhance employee engagement and you also elevate customer experience, which creates what I call creative advantage for the organization because customers are excited and enthused about what you're doing. You're providing what they're looking for and therefore they will be champions for you as well. Part of this process of figuring out how to lift culture in addition to finding those stories in the organization also includes reviewing important documents, looking at employee surveys, looking at assessments, looking at customer feedback, because there are opportunities in all of those documents. And so as leaders, you wanna pay attention to what information is already readily available. Once you have a clear picture of that, leading succession is really about being intentional. It's about planning how you're going to get off the fast-moving hamster wheel 
It's about planning how you're going to exit the ski lift and do it in such a way that you could just effortlessly ski out and down the mountain. That's really what we're talking about. And a lot of times leaders don't plan their exit or they wait so late to plan it that they really can't leave when they want to leave. And so there are a lot of leadership transitions, even in the Bible. Moses, for example, had to transfer the baton over to Joshua, who had all of those years to watch him and see what he was doing and see how God was working through him. You have Elijah passing the baton to Elisha, who made sure that everywhere Elijah went, Elisha was right there watching, observing, and learning. And then, of course, Paul, as he was training Timothy. So when you're thinking about leading succession, you want to leave time for some overlap, some time for you to pass important knowledge and information to the next generations of leaders. That means it's important for you to envision what is the organization going to need in the future. And as you think about not just today, but what the organization is going to need in the future and the kind of capacity that has to be built for that future, you want to then recruit and select new talent to cover areas where you may not have talent right now. You may be growing, you may be expanding. So bringing in new talent for that growth and expansion really is important. You also want to develop the people who are already there, especially your executive team and the high-performance operational teams that do the bulk of the work in your organization. You spend a lot of time increasing their capacity. Also want to spend time identifying partners and stakeholders and champions, both in the organization and outside of the organization, so that you can create partner maps, make introductions to the people who are going to be carrying the work after you leave. So you want to pass the baton, not just in the work and the what, also in the key stakeholder relationships so that those people coming after you are going to be successful. So when you do all of this that we're talking about, you actually create a situation where the organization is going to be left better off than it was before you got there. They'll have increased capacity because of the mentoring, coaching, and developing that you've done, the people that you've brought on board, the reinforcement of the culture, and you won't just let legacy happen. You're going to lead the succession process. So with that in mind, I want us to just close today with a couple of different verses that I think illustrate a little bit of these points. So 1 Kings, the 10th chapter And this is going to be verses 4 and 5, and then also verse 8. And this was the queen of Sheba when she went to visit Solomon, and she observed all that was in his house, and she was delighted by what she saw. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his servants, the service of his waiters and their apparel, his cupbearers and his entryway by which he went up to the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. And then verse eight in there says, happy are your men and happy are these your servants who stand continually before you and hear your wisdom. That's a picture of the kind of organization that you can build 
And as we read early on in this process, when I was setting up this whole notion of living leadership legacy, Jesus said in John 14 and verse 12, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. So you will do greater works and build an organization even better than Solomon's because you have the Spirit of God with you, and he has prepared you for such a time as this. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.